Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Glad that you tuned in today. I'm excited about Jesus. How about you? How about you? God, God is good, and, and today we're, we're going to talk from a, from a parable. Uh, you know, when you read the parable, many are called, and you meet the statement in the parable, many are called and few are chosen. That can leave a pretty bad taste in your mouth. Now, when I started reading this as a kid, I was one of those guys that like, well, Lord, you said it. I believe it. That settles it, but I really don't like it kind of deal. But what we're going to do, we're going to look at this parable a little closer, and we're going to see some things that, that help us understand what the Lord means. I feel a little tight today. So everybody stand up real quick. We've got to loosen this thing up a little bit. You got too, too <laughs> stiff for me. I'll tell you, tell you, all you stiff church people, I'll tell you. Amen. Uh, look, look across the room real quick, real quick. Find somebody that looks like they really need a handshake or a hug and go do it. One, two, three, go. Come on, come on, come on. Get it, go, get it. Everybody gets a handshake. Everybody gets a hug. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise the Lord. All right. To my online people, this is your handshake. This is your hug. All right. Awesome. Amen. So, so we are doing here at Garfield, we're doing a small group that says, I said this, you heard that. Uh, we are in a series, right? And, um, and so my, my presentation today is hard sayings about the kingdom, hard sayings about the kingdom. And so this thing that Jesus said could leave a bitter taste in your soul if you don't understand what he's really trying to get at. So what we're going to do is go to the context. Now, we live in a culture that, and I mean, this is running rampant these days, where people will take a statement out of context, throw it into a vacuum, and then argue if it's right or wrong which is ridiculous, but that's what we do. That's what we do. But you said, well, yeah, I said that, but you took me totally out of context, right? And, and we'll keep arguing, even though we know this out of context. Like, it's almost like a, a, a futile thing that we do. And much of this with this statement can be solved by understanding the context. So let me, let me give you this. Uh, this in exchange that Jesus is having, he's having this exchange with the Pharisees. Okay, the parable that Jesus is speaking here is the third parable that's come back to back to back. So this is how the story goes, new black American version. So <laughs> Jesus, Jesus had just rolled into the city and everybody was hollering at it. That's chapter 21. They were like, Jesus, Jesus, what's up, my dude? Yeah, Jesus, blessed he who come in the name of the Lord. They're dropping things down. They were celebrating <laughs> Jesus, right? Now the Pharisees were feeling some kind of way. I mean, who is this dude? So Jesus goes on, he cleanses the temple. So now he's really feeling himself. He's kicking over tables. He's telling, this is my daddy's house. I'm through with this. That's just my version. That's how I see it. So they begin to question him. The Pharisees say, by what authority do you do what you do? Like other words, just who in the heaven do you think you are 
doing all of this. Jesus does something different. Normally, he would answer, they go back and forth. But Jesus says, oh, I have a question for you. So Jesus starts this line of questioning with these Pharisees that's very direct. It's very direct. Man, if you read it, it's like, man, Jesus was throwing ones and twos at these guys. Now, when I first read it, I thought Jesus was just fed up with them. He said, you know what, I'm going to get you told off. You ever do that? You know, you've been nice with people the whole time, and you just get off. All of a sudden, you say, you know what, the very next time they come for me, I got something for them. That's how I thought, that's what I thought was happening. But it's not. Keep in mind that Jesus understands that by divine timetable, this is the last opportunity he's going to have to try to convince the Pharisees that he's the Messiah. What he's doing is direct language, but it's love language. I'm going to help you see yourself. The greatest thing we could ever get in life is the opportunity to see ourselves as we are. Because change doesn't happen when you're comfortable with what you are. Like, I'm a big dude. I'm a big fella. Okay, as long as I'm comfortable with all this, all this ain't going to change. Because I'm comfortable with all this. I think I look good. (laughs) Until you... (laughs) Until you're sitting in the the morning in the mirror and you look at yourself like, oh my God. (laughs) You got to make a change. The mirror helps you make a change. And so what these parables are doing, Jesus is trying to help the Pharisees see themselves. So he goes through a series of, of parables And then we come to ours. All right? The other thing to understand, first understand it's a parable. Second thing, understand that it's a kingdom parable, which is different. Jesus, all of Jesus' parables were not kingdom parables. Of course, a parable is just an analogy. It's a comparison. So, so, So some of the parables that Jesus spoke, he spoke to the public. He spoke to everyone. He spoke to everyone. This is different. This is kind of a closed session parable kind of thing. He's speaking of his kingdom. Anytime you think about Jesus speaking of the kingdom, remember that everything in the kingdom of light is diametrically opposed to everything in the kingdom of darkness. So Jesus, what's what's big in this world kingdom is not so big in God's kingdom. Let me give you an example. Jesus says in his kingdom, let he that is the greatest among you be servant of all. All right. Now, let's move to our kingdom. Let he that is greatest among you be celebrated by all. See, in God's kingdom, the way up is down. In our kingdom, the way up is up. (laughs) You know, hold my water for me. Hold this for me. I got business to do. So so when when you think kingdom and you understand it's a parable, you kind of got to prepare yourself for Jesus is about to say something that's going to make you go, hmm, you guys remember Arsenio Hall? <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. For example, Jesus said this in, in one of his parables, parable of the talents. He says, to him that hath, more shall be given. Hmm. To him that hath not, even that which he seems to have will be taken. I'm like, whoa, 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 Jesus, that's just wrong. But if you read the context and understand the kingdom concept is this. 
In God's kingdom, and listen closely because this is really the crux of the message. In God's kingdom, the only way you don't have it is because you didn't want it. The only way you don't have it in God's kingdom is if you rejected it. It's the only way. Because God gives freely to everybody. And so in that parable, he says, well, the guy that took what I gave him and received it and worked with it and made it produce, give him more. And the guy that's sitting on it and lying about me and saying I'm a cruel, unjust fella, take it from him and give it to him. That only works in the kingdom. In our society, that's kind of a problem because people say, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You had straps? (laughs) See, it don't work. Who made the boots? We like to think, you know, I did it all by myself. You lying. You know nothing all by yourself. You lying. Okay, that's another sermon. So let's look at the context and look at the story from those through that lens. So Jesus spoke again to them in parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Everybody say there's a party going on. So the king prepared this banquet. He sent his servants to those who had been invited. Say this with me. They've been invited. So he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. These folks had already been invited. They already knew the banquet was going on, you see. Then he says, they refused to come. Hmm. He sent some more servants. They said, tell those that have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. The oxen and the fattened calf have been butchered and everything is ready. Come and eat. Wow. Not only did he kill the calves, he killed the fatted calf. Man, you know what the fatted calf is? It's the one that you've been setting aside for a celebration. This is not one of those meals where, oh, somebody showed up. I got to give them something to eat. This is one of those. This is a prepared meal. Anybody ever planned a wedding and you prepared the meal? Okay, what are we going to eat, right? This is what this was. He says, tell them I killed the fatted calf. They've been butchered. Everything is ready. It's ready. Just come to the banquet. Verse 5, but they paid him no attention. They went off, one to his field, another to his business, and the rest of them seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. Wow. You know, in that culture, to kill the king's servant is like killing him. Like, he basically basically told the king, up yours, up your nose with a rubber hose. Y'all don't know nothing about that. (laughs) You know, they, they basically told the king, you know what? Not only are we not coming, we're going to make you not send anybody else. They, they were violent at the, at the invitation. They didn't just say no. They got violent. They actually killed the king's servants. Well, let me I love this. I'm a Bible dude. God is slow to anger, but he does get angry. He will open up a can of... No, no, no. no. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's not right. It's, this, he, won't, he won't do that. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's just my imagination. But this is the king here was enraged and he says, okay, okay. I see how you're rolling. I see how you're rolling. You want to kill my folks? Armies? Go get all of them. Kill all the murderers and burn up their city. Now you, you can't see me now, right? Okay. Start something else with me. You know, you, you got to get this. And, and I have a lot of fun with this and it's uncomfortable to say, but we need to know it. You know, God really ain't no joke, and this really ain't no game. 
You can't profane holy things and get away with it. And you shouldn't expect to. You know, every time I go to work, there's a school zone. There's a school zone every time I go to work. I don't expect to speed through that and not get a ticket. And this is earth. I mean, I don't expect to be able to speed through a school zone and they put the sign up there and say, slow down, kids are present. I don't expect I can do 35 or 40 miles an hour and act like, well, uh, this is America and they're so gracious to me that I'm not going to get a ticket. I'm going to get a ticket. I'm going to get a big ticket. It's going to be like my Monopoly. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. They're going to give me a big ticket <laughs> because the sign is posted and it's posted for a reason. And I should honor the reason. Amen? So we got to get that with God. We got to get back to God as a holy God kind of thinking, that we can't just do anything. Just do anything. He loves me, but you don't love him is the issue. Next point. Thank you. Thank you. So he killed the murderers. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. You see how this, you see the focus of this king? All this king is really trying to do is what? Have a party. Everything is ready. You don't need, it's not even a potluck. <laughs> he didn't say, okay, come to the party, but you got to bring, okay, hang on. We need plates. Bring, can you bring plates? <laughs> oh, we ran out of ice again. Can you bring ice? All they had to do is show up. He says, you know what? The banquet is ready, but there's no, nobody showed up. He says, but those I invited, they didn't deserve to come. See, this is not something that the king had purpose in his heart already. This is something that based on their actions and to their actions and disposition and their reaction to the, to the invitation, they don't deserve to get what I have for them. It's not an edict they don't deserve it. It's like, well, apparently you don't want it. You know, you know what I love about the word? It's true going both ways. Whosoever will, let them come. Whosoever won't, let them stay. See? <laughs> Both is true. That's right. I don't want it. You don't got to have it. Right. I don't want Jesus. Fine, you don't got to have him. Right. But you don't get to say, I don't want him, and then eat. Right. If you don't want him, you don't want him. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying. Somehow we're getting this kind of twisted where people, I don't want Jesus, but I want, I want his stuff. No, don't run like that. I ain't your Santa Claus, baby. I ain't, uh, uh. Don't be trying to play me. You're trying to play Jesus. Don't be trying to play Jesus. So he says, look, go to the street corners and invite, I love this, anybody, <laughs> everybody you can find. Wow. It's, it's kind of like, you ever watch Oprah? You get a car. You get a car. You get. <laughs> they went down to East Knights and said, you're invited. You're invited. You're invited. They went to the Browns game. Hello, everyone. You are invited to the banquet. Everybody was invited. And so they went out and started hollering, man, there's a banquet going on. You're invited. There's a banquet going on. You're invited. There's a banquet going on. You are invited. He said, and they went out. They got good folks and bad folks. The blind, the crooked, and the crazy. They got all of them. The down and out, the up and out, the over and out, the through and out, 
The buses are disgusting and couldn't be trusted. Every one of them they could find. They said, come on, you're invited, you're invited, you're invited, you're invited, you're invited. I love this text because I'm in the text. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can be just, you can be about as nutty as a nutcase. God don't care. He loves you just with your little nutty self. He loves you. Whether you're a peanut, an almond, a walnut, a sunflower seed, a pistachio, God loves you just the way you are, man. Come on. Does not play well with others. That's some people in the church. Does not play well with others, but you're invited. Does not play well with others. You've got church members like that. <laughs> Does not play well with others. He invited all of them. So he comes down, and now the place is full, and there's just one dude sitting in there without the right clothes on. Now, here's the deal. If you do, if you do with this text what we like to do and pull it out of context, you say, see, he kicked him out of church just because he didn't have on the right clothes. You're missing the point. The point is this. He asked him the question, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? Now, that's a, that's a telling question. How did you get in here, though? Because the servants, look, in that culture, if you're invited to the wedding and you don't have the right clothes... When you get there, they would give you the clothes. Hey, wait a minute. Like they did if you're in the story of the prodigal son, go put the robe on him. Go put the, they, there's clothes available. If you don't have what it takes to enjoy the thing, we can, the Lord says, you can come as you are. I'll give you what you need to be able to enjoy what I have. So how did you manage to get in here? Like, did you sneak in? Did you pay off the servants? How did you get in here? And the dude was speechless, like this. <laughs> I asked you a question. How'd you get in here? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I, th- I, think sometimes, I think sometimes when we're confronted with, with a question, with a question from the Lord about our disposition towards things, like, we rail at God when he ain't in the room. You ever talk back to your mom and she ain't in the room? <laughs> you talk, your mama say, get your little narrow tail. That's in my, I'm not narrow no more. But back in the day, that was like a very, that's an idiom of black people. All the black people say amen. Get your little narrow tail in here and clean up your room. And she just go off. And when she gone, I'll be like, well, I don't got to clean up my room. I don't know who you think you are. You don't even live in the room. I'm saying this. And she's like, what did you say? I said, hmm. <laughs> That's what this dude did. So the king told his servants, bind them up hand and foot. Didn't even let him walk out. That's cold. Man, leave. No, bind him up. Carry him out and throw him out. Man, that's an uncomfortable thing for some of us, but it shouldn't be. Why? Because you understand that your God is a God of justice too. See, at the end of the age, in the kingdom, he separates wheat from tear. Now, all the time they're growing up, they get to grow together. There gets to come a time where that don't fly no more. It's okay. You know, you, you can't just dishonor God. Even if you disagree with God about some stuff, and it's okay to disagree. Because he, you know, God can take it. God, I'm mad at you. I got that. I understand. We talk about it. But you just can't get crazy with God. That's right. This really ain't a game, and God really ain't no joke. 
You're not a joke. As much as this, I don't know this gentleman right here sitting here. I don't know him. But I can't just roll at you any old kind of way. I don't care how calm you are. Eventually, you're going to say, listen, buddy, leave me alone now. I'm going to give you the count of zero. <laughs> give I'm not the one. So the, so the king cast him out. Now, what does this tell us today? Now, so understand, we're not Pharisees, and so part of this is not really to us. He was trying to get them to see themselves. He was trying to get them to see, watch this, that the few that were chosen, watch this, the few that were chosen were them, the Pharisees. This is the language of the Old Testament. The language of the Old Testament is that God chose Israel to bring forth Christ. They were the chosen. They were the originally invited. It didn't mean God was not going to invite anybody else, but they were first. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to him that believeth to the Jew first and also the Greek. So when he's telling them, you were the few that were called. You were the few that were chosen, but you didn't come. So what God did is he called some more folks. And then those called became the chosen. Here it is. Everyone who receives an invitation are the called. If you receive an invitation, you are the called. I'm going to illustrate this. Pastor Lord, let's do this. Ring, ring. Answer, Lord. Hey. Now, what did I just do? I called her. You are invited to this party I'm throwing for my son. I'm coming. I called her. She received the invitation. Everybody that receives an invitation are the call. If you get the invitation, you are the call. Watch this. Everybody that shows up to the party are the chosen. Oh, you got to get that. Well, chosen for what? Chosen to eat the food. Chosen to come to the party. See, from the king's perspective, from the king's perspective, the chosen are already chosen before he called them. You got to get that. From God's perspective, the chosen are already the chosen before the call happens. The call for us is the gospel. That's the call. And if you receive the call, the invitation, you are the called. Everybody say, I've been called. Well, well, Pastor Fur, what is the call for? Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. The call is the call into relationship with God. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and have life more abundantly. That's the invitation. The beautiful thing about this invitation is that the invitation is to celebrate what Christ has done. 
Walking with God is not about you trying to be better or trying to be good. You already read the story. He caught bad ones as well as good ones. I got some bad ones. and so I got some bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when Jesus call you back? You got bad boys over here, bad girls over here, freaky freedom back there, crazy hell in the back. God called everybody. Called everybody. It's not about trying to be wonderful and great. It's about celebrating what Jesus has done. It's not about your own clothes. It's about what he clothes you with. You come on in the room. He said, I got you. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Come on, I got you. See, I'm telling you, this, 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 this calling is so simple. It takes theologians to mess it up. <laughs> Can't nothing mess up a simple call better than a theologian. They start splitting verbs and twisting Greek and Hebrew all up. Man, Jesus was talking to farmers and fishermen. I do not know how you can talk to farmers and fishermen and get confused. Come here mean come here. You don't, well, what's the deeper meaning of come here? Forget the deep meaning. Take the simple one. Come here. (laughs) Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean, Pastor Fur? It means to turn away from that and turn to God. I don't need no more explanation. Come here. What is this great invitation? It's the invitation that lies inside of the truth when it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God is not trying to rework you. He's trying to give you a new birth, a new start, a new beginning, a brand new you. And he can overlook it. You can overlook it. You can change your status. The called can become the chosen. The called becomes the chosen when they believe and act on the invitation. I'm going to change my status this morning. Some of us have been hearing the gospel for a long time, but you haven't believed it. You see, listen, this is my testimony. By grace, ye are saved through faith. It's not of works as anybody should boast, because if it was of works, I would be boasting. You know what I did? I'm saved. You're meeting people. I'm saved. I'm a church. I'm saved. Like you did something. If I'm drowning out in the middle of Lake Erie, you throw me a rope. Exactly what did I do? I grabbed a rope. Saved people are just people smart enough to grab the rope. If you swam back to shore, you didn't get saved. You wasn't drowning. Oh, y'all missed that. Man, I threw y'all a slider and just zipped right by you. Jesus is a savior because we're lost and can't save ourselves. He's a savior. He's a Lord because we don't know what we're doing with our life and we need a Lord to tell us which way to go. And when you can receive him as savior and Lord, you're saying, hey man, here I am. You said I could come now the way to bid it. You said come to the wedding. Here I be. Here I'm is. <laughs> Lord, like, okay. <laughs> Plays well with others, but we don't know. Come on in. Amen. What's the next move for us? Many are called. Few are chosen. You are the many. We are the many. Did you get the invitation this morning? You're the called. Some of you have already answered the call. Lord, I believe. That's all he's ever asked you to do, by the way, is just believe. He'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. 
Once you come into the kingdom, things will get clear. You will understand it better. They write, cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. You're right. That's right. Certain things about God you won't get. Certain things about yourself you won't get. Certain things about other people you won't get. You know what I love about this? God never told me to understand anybody. He just told me to love them. I don't get you. Whatever. I you, you know, we don't eat the same food, but you're still good people. I went to the Greek festival some years ago in Toledo, and, uh, and they had grape leaves. Anybody had grape leaves? Uh, why? Why would you do that? To, why would you do? They're good people. They just eat different food. And they're like, this is scrumptious. And I, no, no, not at all. And then I say, you ever had greens? <laughs> and they greens? Well, yes. You let me tell you this story. I'm out of time, but I just got to tell you this story because I like telling stories. So I, I decided it was one day it was after Thanksgiving, and I took my meal in from Thanksgiving, and we had some greens. Now, those of you who grew up eating and cooking greens know that greens are musty. Greens stink. They do. Greens stink. Now, now some of you out here who grew up eating them. You, no, they don't. Yeah, see, you're, you, my point, my brother, my sister, is you're used to smelling that. <laughs> and you just tear them up. You put your little smoke meat in there, you just tear it up. You're just killing it. So I wasn't thinking. I'm just being me. So I heat it up in the microwave at work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good old mustard and turnip grain. <laughs> heat it all up. Stunk up the place. People are walking, what is that smell? I'm like, I ain't saying nothing. I was like the dude in the story. I was speechless. (laughs) Listen, what I'm telling you is that in in the kingdom, y'all, there's all kinds of us. There's all differences of us. We all eat different stuff. We all like different music. You know, I really want some 2-4 beat. Some of y'all on the 1-3 so they get it. They know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they even laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But guess what? The beautiful thing about serving God is that the, the king gets to fix all of that at the end. Don't let that stop you from coming and celebrating Jesus. Don't, don't let that we're different stop you from celebrating the Lord. We're not here to get into each other necessarily. We're here to get into the Lord. And what makes us one is that we're all serving and celebrating the same Jesus. That's what makes us one. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to change your status. If you've heard the gospel many times and maybe you never made a decision to believe on Christ, today is your opportunity. The words of this hymn have always blessed me. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See all the portals he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home. Come home, you who are weary. Some of you are weary. I'm not calling you to religion. I'm calling you to a real relationship. Because only a relationship will keep you through these days. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling all sinners. Come home. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray for that person